you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The Around the NFL Podcast as a millionaire producer. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hensis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Happy Monday. Wow. I mean, I feel like, you know, normally we come in on Monday and it's, oh, how we spent a lot of time together as a group this weekend. That's Maybe true. too much. Did a little seaside um, libations. Why not? Sure. Uh, uh, the, the whole group, Wes, had his first Hanano burger since overcoming cancer. Took down the whole damn thing. Yeah, you did. You put it all down. Put it all away. There was some concern halfway through that like half of it was just sitting there when I got there. And you're like, yeah, I just have to eat. Then you buried it. Yeah, I eat really slow. I need like a propeller on the end of my fork. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. And then, uh, yeah, Greg, you were there, too. And the Paramore. It was a nice, a nice night out or a day out. And then uh, yesterday I was left with the two boys all weekend while my wife went on a uh, girl's trip. She earned it. She deserved it. No heat from me on that. Um, but, <laughs> Looked like uh, there's some libations on her trip as well. Yeah, uh, for sure. And uh, I went over to the Sessler compound yesterday morning, brought the two little rugrats. And then all the boys had a lot of fun, almost suffered like seven head injuries. Oh, it was. I am, you're, you're so right. Like little kids running around, nearly bashing into sharp brick corners. But other than that, I when, when especially Dan's older boy, Jack, I think Harrison, you're, he's post-baby, but he's... Right. He's Not quite able mess. to socialize with the rest on no. the same level, but they were very sad to see uh, Jack leave the front door. Yeah, the front door. Jack had a great time. Yeah, there was one moment in particular. They all had brushes with death, which is just if you don't have young kids, you don't even realize the- this, especially boys, because boys are so stupid. Like uh, I myself as well when I was younger. But like 
they just throw themselves. At one point, Luke oh. is running towards, and you have this cool little open fire pit, mm-hmm. and there's brick, pretty sharp edges and everything. I see him right in front of me, lose his footing, stumble, and then he's going face first towards this edge of brick. And I'm like looking at it like in slow motion. It's like, oh my God, is this the end? It's going to be just misses. It just, it just crashes into his chest and pushes into his sternum, and he's not even uh, worse for the wear. So, but that's, that's life as a, a parent of youngins. Flip side, I'd say great move to let the wife go on a girl trip because yes. it buys incredible cachet for your future adventures. It's... You you pay in. It should, it, and then you get a payout that exceeds it because well, I don't know how your your marriage like, is like an ATM machine <laughs> on some level. Like um, I set things up in my marriage, and this is the way to do it. If anybody is not married yet or is maybe not good at it, you kind of <laughs> set the bar low and make your wife think there's very little you can pull off. Like a weekend, like she was worried about this weekend forever, and I I was never really worried about. It. I was just I was you know a little apprehensive about it because I knew it was going to be a lot of work, but never like, am I going to be able to do this? But she thought that it was going to be really difficult for me. So now when I get through it, oh, all of a sudden, father of the year. No drama, no texts. Where what is a this? Man. Where is that? You just, you, you got it done. <clears throat> Excellent manipulation, Dan. <laughs> hey, one day you'll learn, Wes. <laughs> Welcome to the Around the NFL Podcast Monday edition. A lot to get to. Surprisingly, we have a lot of news uh, to go through, including a... Uh, uh, one of the great uh, defenders of the last decade or so, hanging up the cleats, as they say, uh, and uh, an update on the Des Bryant, situ- Des Bryant situation. Uh, and then, yes, our quarterback draft prospect series continues. We're going to talk about Cha- uh, talk about Baker Mayfield with our friend Chase Goodbread Carbs. So uh, I reached out to Chase and said, hey, any of these prospects, which one would you, you know, what, what gets your juice flowing? What lights up your Christmas tree? What gets you hot in the pants? Greg Rosenthal style. He said Baker Mayfield. <laughs> and Baker Mayfield, Chase is not the only one that's getting hot in the pants about Baker Mayfield. Let's be honest. Are you? As a, as with a Jets team picking it's, it's, high up. It's a relative wild fire down there right now, okay. Mark. Yeah. Very that's the inspiration behind this whole quarterback series. It, I mean, this is, well, let's break it down. Two of the people in this room are directly influenced by this. But like I said on Friday, the entire NFL is influenced by this group of four and maybe more quarterbacks that are coming out of this draft. All right. So, yes, Chase coming up later. And uh, let's get to the news, though. And to do that, we say hello to Lindsay Fulton behind the glass. What's up? Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Are you really a millionaire? No, that's a lie. Um, but you greenlit that uh, opening anyway for money. I, I like to keep my finances. Well, you said you were likely a millionaire when you found out that you had some Bitcoin. <laughs> That's right. It turned out to be not quite six figures, I mean, but I significant still. I stretching the truth because I don't really want like every like high school and you know <laughs> kindergarten classmate calling me and looking for money. So have so. you un- unlocked it at this point? Is it? Do you have it as cash? Oh yeah, I have okay. for a while. Yeah. I just would rather nice. keep the you're liquid. Can't myself. be that much because you're still kind of showing up and punching the clock That's here true. day after day. So That's it true. can't be too much. Not so enough to retire on. All right. Well, there's there's some honesty. Let's do some news. Steelers show blitz. He throws the pass. It's going to be picked off. James Harrison Edwin. He's running up the sideline. 35, 40. Still on his feet at the 45. And down. No, he's still on his feet. Here comes Harrison jumping over people. To the 20, the 15, the 10, the 5. And that's a touchdown. 
to me anyway, the greatest Super Bowl play of all time, James Harrison's 100-yard uh, interception and run back against the Cardinals in Super Bowl 43. Uh, the Steelers great is retiring this time, most likely uh, for real. This isn't the first time Harrison said he was stepping away, but now he's 39 years old. Uh, it appeared that he was near the end last season when he caught on with the Patriots after being cut by the Steelers. He had this to say on Instagram. I've missed way too much for way too long. I'm done. Many thanks to my family, coaches, the fans, and everyone who played a role in my football life. Wes, I, I don't remember when the first retirement was, maybe a couple of years ago. We probably did some type of retrospective then, but Harrison is a fun guy to talk about, so let's talk about him again. Uh, yeah, I feel like we've done this conversation four times in the last four years. <laughs> yeah. It seems like he retires or he, he's left unsigned until October every year. I know that Greg believes he's a Hall of Famer. I have a feeling it's going to come down to like Terrell Suggs versus James Harrison for a Hall of Fame bid, and I would lean towards Suggs on that one. I think he's a guy at best will have to wait a long time. Like he's going to be a guy that six, seven, eight, nine years needs to get some sort of momentum. I like the guys who have the the incredible peaks. And I think from 20, 2007 through 2011, that's a five-season period, I would put him in the top five defensive players in the entire year, had a defensive play, uh, in the entire league, had a defensive player of the year, a uh, win during that time, was had some votes, I believe, in the top five t- one or two other times, including one year, I remember Bill Belichick said it at the Super Bowl that James Harrison was the best defensive player in the league that year. That was a year where he came in fourth in the voting. And I had some people coming at me on Twitter like, well, him or Robert Mathis. And to me, Harrison wasn't just about stats. It was about he was an incredible run stuffer, an incredible guy setting the edge, an incredible disruptor. So you can't compare him to a guy like Robert Mathis, who's just kind of an edge rusher. Harrison, to me, was more just dominant week after week for a nice stretch and then made a lot of plays over the last six or seven years too where he wasn't quite at that level. The only undrafted player in league history to to win defensive player of the year. And I like I, Hall of Fame stuff, I think he's an interesting case. I would want to see it based on just my fandom, but I would say that I judge players a lot of times like as a Browns fan, who drove me the most nuts who made me the most annoyed and who had me the most worried for my own quarterback and there are two players that drove me the that, that annoyed me the most one was Heinz Ward I couldn't wait for him to get out of the league <laughs> that guy every week he's a lot of people everyone. didn't like Heinz Ward. I mean but because he's a great player and James Harrison Dan remember when we first started here and we sent Colt McCoy into the next month on Thursday oh, Night yeah. Football oh, once God. I mean James Harrison reeked utter havoc on players, and I think if you were to put together like a two-hour-long special on his most ball-busting gigantic hits where he just detonated human beings, oh, he was a monster. He is unlike anyone else. Life. I love yeah. James Harrison, the, the idea and, of how what he was as a football player. And as a character, uh, he was on Hard Knocks a couple times, and he was always so interesting. Uh, was it just the Cincinnati year? Was there a second year? Maybe just once. But, I mean, he was a lot of fun in that season, and you got a little peek behind the curtain what he was all about. And then his famous Instagram that showed him. One of my favorite uh, Harrison stories is after the Steelers beat the Chiefs, I believe it was, uh, last year in the playoffs, uh, Harrison 
was flew home on the team plane. He was 38 at this time or whatever, and then went back, got back to the Steelers facility at like 4 a.m. And at like 5 a.m., he's sending Instagram videos of his workout. I mean, and it, you would say some guys, oh, it's phony. He's just, and maybe he was doing it a little bit for show, but that's who Harrison was. He was an insane competitor. He was a gym rat. And he put $300,000 a year into his body. And I that was his budget it. for his body. And then you, and then that play that we heard right off the top when you talk about Hall of Fame, when you have that type of marquee signature play for one of the signature NFL franchises, I think he's a Hall of Fame. The, the, the year he won in 08, he beat DeMarcus Ware and Ed Reed, who were second and third in the voting, in two of their best seasons of their career. So that kind of shows when he was at that level, that was where James Harrison was. It's crazy to think that back in 2003, he was on the Ravens for a brief amount of time. They sent him over to NFL Europe. He got released by Baltimore and wound up with Pittsburgh. I mean, how different could the Ravens have been had they had James Harrison this entire time? Moving on, the Denver Broncos are out of the C.J. Anderson business. The team is releasing the running back. Mike Garofolo reported Monday. Uh, Anderson made it just two seasons into the four-year $18 million deal he signed with Denver in 2016. The Broncos saved $4.5 million on the cap with the move in Denver before cutting loose the running back, tried uh, to trade him. It just didn't work out. This, is this uh, Greg, is funny. It works out. It, this is how the position is. It's a volatile position for all teams. But with the Broncos especially, you're a 1,200-yard running back one year, and you're on the street the next. You, you could go through a whole list of guys through the years, and Anderson's the latest one. Yeah, it makes sense in a vacuum. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. I think when he's at his best, he's he's a good He's a difference maker. He can be a good starter, but he hasn't showed it enough. And it just points out how quickly that that Broncos championship team has been dismantled. I mean, if you think it's it was Peyton Manning handing off to Ronnie Hillman and C.J. Anderson, uh, Akib Talib, and so many, you know, Danny Trevathan and T.J. Ward, and like, yeah, they have a few players left from that team, but the guts of that team is is long gone. It was only three years ago. They Wonder have- if. I wonder ahead. if he lands in Miami because they tried to sign him as a restricted free agent a couple of years ago, and then they backed out of a trade for Juwan James and C.J. Anderson a couple of months ago. So mm. you know the interest is there. Uh, he could be, you know, they already signed Frank Gore, but that seemed like a mercy signing at the time. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Sorry, Craig. <laughs> I mean, it, it was like Frank Gore wanted to play for the Dolphins, so the Dolphins are going to give him the veteran minimum, and you can come in and try to get carries, but... I don't know if he's the answer. C.J. Anderson could end up there. They don't yeah. have any running backs. Well, they have Devontae Booker, and they have they, they do like D'Angelo Henderson. Like, if you go back to training camp, Vance Joseph glowed over him, but he just wasn't ready. He's also only about five foot eight, I think. But don't you feel like they, I, quarterback aside, if, if for some reason Saquon Barkley falls down to number five, that could be a landing spot, Denver. Yeah. And yeah. I would like that. That would give them some juice. This team they need, need it. needs some juice. John Elway got his man. He waited it out. He knew he needed a running back. And Saquon Barkley was there all along. And then John had to make the decision. Is he going to move up to get his running back that he wanted from day one? And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. John Elway wanted his man, and he got him. So whoever Elway picks, even if it's the guard out of Notre Dame, there's going to be a narrative where he's he got his man. He's back on targeted top. and he's achieved his target. You let the board come to you. You stick, <laughs> you stick to your board. You know, the good GMs. They stick to their board. They don't reach for need. Best player available. And hey, just because we signed Case Keenum doesn't mean we're giving up on Paxton Lynch. 
We no. still have hope that he can turn his career around. We don't need right. to draft a quarterback. Right. We don't know that he's going to beat out Chad Kelly, a seventh-round pick, <laughs> for the backup job, but we we love this guy. It's going to be a long offseason for James Palmer, our friend from NFL Network. This generational running back is for John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, yes, on the throne of sleaze, a lot of interest in where Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady are with their head coach, Tom Brady. Well, according to Adam Schefter of, of ESPN, uh, Gronk will not attend the start of New England's offseason program on Monday, fueling more talk that there's some dissension there between tight end and coach. And while we're here, uh, Jeff Darlington of ESPN reports that uh, they do not expect Tom Brady to be a, quote, regular participant in the offseason program. And, uh, Greg, they're... He's skipping the start of workouts because he's doing charity work in Qatar. Uh, Cutter. Yeah. Cutter? Yeah. Gutter? That's one of those things where I've read it a million it's, times, um, but never heard anyone say it. It's a very it annoying pronunciation. Well, it's about to be, you know, on the world stage, right? For the World Cup. Am I crazy? There you go. And Qatar? I like that. Cutter, I believe, is how, like, most would say it in like, here. I only know that Qatar? because of a previous job where I walked around the office um, calling it Qatar for a month before someone pulled me into a, a small office and said, get, Listen, you son get of it bitch. together. If you've ever seen the late 70s movie Breaking Away, that would give you an even different meaning for Cutter. Um, anyway, Greg, you know I like to have fun with this stuff, uh, but let's not make too much of it. But we have heard for years that, oh, the Patriots are a team where it's a given. They're going to have everybody in the building uh, at voluntary workouts. And Tommy Boy, for all the talk through the years that he's in a football machine, now he's in Cutter, and he's like, ah, maybe I'll be there when I hang out with my boys and, and all that well, stuff. Well, what's going on over there? Well, he skipped significant parts of the offseason multiple times Shh. before. So it's, that's not totally new. <laughs> The, the the fact that he would skip the part, especially when they're just lifting weights and he's kind of got his own training regimen, like that's not too surprising. The real story to me that was new on Monday was that we're learning through Jeff Howe of The Athletic and a few other reports that Gronk wants more money. He wants a restructured contract, which puts basically everything else that's gone on from Gronk this offseason into a different light. If if it's really just about that he wants his contract reworked, which... What makes, if it's about that and other things? Yeah, I th- would think it'd be about multiple things. But ultimately, if you're saying that money is going to solve whatever troubles I have, then it's really about the money more than anything. I, mean, I came away from the owners' meetings. <clears throat> we all had those same conversations at night with a few... Certain individuals who some more conversations it, than other. Well, but that Others. but the, some of those close to New England, they did not just brush off all this no. stuff as non. Speaking of which, your boy Greg Tom Curran had an interesting article today saying that Brady is leading a pushback against Belichick in the Patriot way. That it's no longer fun. That Giselle has said in in Tom versus Time, he just wants to work hard, do his job, yes. and be appreciated, and he doesn't feel like that anymore. Damn. Dan is loving it. Well, ever since ever since Belichick's maniacal "do your job" chant at the uh, post game at at the festival or whatever, there's the ragu been festival. <laughs> the ragu festival. There's been some. I don't know. I, I have festival, a bad feeling. The Patriots Championship Festival wasn't it? No days off. Pep rally, whatever you call. You it. mean no days off? No days off. No days off. No days off. What did I say? Do, Do your job. With the yeah. ticker tape what a, what falling a, down upon him. I, I, yeah. would, I would just point out there's been 
a, a storyline of unhappy New England Patriots players every offseason. But how many of them have been Brady? 2005. And how many of them came after someone close to Belichick or multiple people close to Belichick threw Brady under a moving bus in the Seth Wickership talking about how he's missing throws, he's no longer that good? Ah. I, to me, I, the feelings are real. 2005 did not have Alex Guerrero on the scene. And Alex Guerrero's name keeps popping up as this person who's not even attached to the organization. And I think there's probably a subset of Patriots fans that would like Alex Guerrero to go where the ball boys went. It's a little (laughs) – under the mass bike, namely. Uh, It's a little trolly, too, that Gronk's not participating in the program, but he's still on the Patriots' grounds in Alex's little, like, workout hut, like doing (laughs) his calisthenics and stuff like that. That's interesting. Do we know that? That's what we're hearing. Well, this working out with Guerrero, which happens to be on the grounds of uh, Gillette Stadium. This this phase of offseason workouts, it should be noted, is the strength and conditioning phase run by the strength and conditioning guy. Right. Which is not Alex Guerrero friendly. So everything's fine. You're still in that camp, Greg. Don't worry about it. No, I'm in the camp. They're definitely going to win the Super Bowl no matter what. <laughs> oh, wait. No, that was you last like six months ago. That was me. Uh-oh. Definitely. Uh Oh, uh, all right. Des Bryant. Let's do a little follow up on Des uh, released by the Cowboys on Friday. You know, he's really he's all in his feelings up on Twitter and everything. He is letting everyone know he wants revenge. He wants to go here. He doesn't want to go there. Uh, apparently there are four teams that have shown interest, according to Schefter, uh, the Cardinals, Ravens, Bills, and Packers. Can I clean that up for you in Roto World? Sure. Here's the way the tweet was phrased. Four teams that some believe could show varying levels of interest, which Roto World turned into four teams interested in Des Bryant. That's fair. Come on, Roto World. The Baltimore Sun reported, well, it's not all their fault. I'm the one that put it on the podcast. Well, yeah. I mean, you're, you're going off a of roto, which yeah. is supposed to be a reliable news site. The Baltimore Sun reports uh, that the Ravens are interested in Dez. So there's another source on the Ravens. Could kind of see it. Still can't imagine Dez being in another uniform, but there you go. So Dez and Michael Crabtree. Hmm. And then I believe uh, Dez had something to say about the Packers, that there was too much history there. So he's not interested in playing in Green Bay. I was like, Dez, just calm down a little bit. Let's take a couple plays off. Don't talk so much. Let's see how the market develops for you, okay? Yeah, that's solid advice. I mean, you would, if you were him, you would love to sign before the draft, before a lot of jobs get taken, but it might be tough. I mean, we're seeing these reports today. It's like, report, Brown's not interested. What, are we going to go through, like, all 30 teams? It sounds like he might have a hard time getting, you know, a starter-type salary. It's not the greatest wide receiver draft of all time, but you're right. Like, what happens to you after that? A lot of holes are filled. And no NFC East team has come out of the woodwork. Quite the opposite, which is everything we did not expect. Well, that and it's a little telling. The teams that know Des Bryant the most maybe aren't that interested. The the most interesting post-Des release thing, I believe, came from his exclusive interview with Jane Slater on NFL Network, which was saucy. And by by far the most... uh, interesting part to me was where he believed that quote unquote Garrett guys helped push him out of the building mentioned the team captain specifically who knows maybe it could be defensive players but the team captains on offense last year were Jason Witten and Dak Prescott and he basically he basically was pointing out that the Garrett guys maybe got him pushed out of the building I like that. I'd maybe throw in Alex Guerrero as well as a, <laughs> as a focus. <laughs> you don't see that too much. You're a little 
teammate on teammate crime there. Um, by the way, why you haven't you brought it up before? It made me think of it. How come we haven't been poached by the Athletic yet? Not even a cursory email come to us. Don't have an adequate answer for you, you guys. Are you guys plugged into this major shift in the sports media landscape? They seem to be concentrating more on local markets. Yeah, it's it's always like Athletic <laughs> Boston, Athletic, uh, you know, New York. They. They are hiring an, an impressive array of reporters, but I don't know about national reporters. Do they, have, do they have podcasts? I'm sure someone will get back at me yet that, yes, of course, they have podcasts. They have podcasts. I used to host one of them. Probably need to be in the Pro Football Writers Association to get <laughs> which you Which you are not in. What, what podcast did you host for The Athletic, Lindsay? The Cleveland one. Cleveland Indians, Cavs, Browns. Where do you come down in the Cleveland Indians logo controversy? I don't... I'm not getting into that right now. (laughs) I'm teeing you up. Like, if you were hosting that podcast, you'd have to have a take. I have a take on it, but I just don't want to share it on this. Yeah. In this space. That means that you're pro Wahoo, because, you know, just saying. Let's save it for the The controversial mascot (laughs) podcast. Yeah. Uh, Moving on. Seabass. RIP Wahoo, by the way. You know. Yeah. Living out his final days. It's the end of the road. Hey, guys. The Seabass has found a new home upstream in the Pacific Northwest. Oh yeah, it's a Mark Sessler banger. You know what? That's what? no. You know what that is? That is a. <laughs> I am off. It's Friday. I am off in 15 minutes, and this news gets dropped in my lap, and so I am going to write it as fast as possible. I could tell this is about 170 words, but a fury. The veteran kicker signed a one-year deal with the Seahawks. Uh, this was reported by Rap Sheep. The team then confirmed the move. Uh, of course, Seabass was not kicking last year. He was a member of the Raider, Raiders, but he had, like, what was it, a back issue last year? Backyotomy? Injured reserve. The Injured entire reserve, season. yes. Uh, and then uh, the Raiders moved on without Seabass, and now he catches on in Seattle. Oh, you like this one, Mark? Feels like a pretty fun signing by the Seahawks. I love it. I mean, I think we were all waiting for him to to get back in the league somewhere. And I think well, he was on the Greybeards already, but. Well, that's be- true. From that angle, that's a big loss for you. Um, there are other kickers out there, but I love it. I think this. I would love to see the Seattle's had some, you know, some weird stuff with their kickers for a long time now. I don't know if the Seabass is the. It, he's got to stay healthy. He's but forty, by the way. I know, but it's the same time. Like, I do. I want the NFL with him or without him. With him, please. I wasn't saying like Mark. He's forty. By the way, I'm writing these leads to this point simply to simply to make you have to read them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have to. I just enjoy them. They're they're fun. <laughs> Did you have anything to do with the headline, which is on fire? No. Seattle Sea Bass. No, it was. No, hang on. It was actually in the another headline. Sea Bass in Seattle, Colin, which is very nice take on sleepless. I talked to NFL media programming on that one. I did not cook that up. And then whoever altered the headline in the post lost the complete nuance of it mm. and just made it Seattle Sea Bass. Let's calm down. That is that a to bad David, headline. Ship that to David Ely. See how that, wow. see how that conversation Ooh. goes. Can't you just? Well, I mean, that's he runs the. <laughs> can't you just see like tw- it, the year is twenty. 20- 26 and they're like it's today we welcome Sebastian Janikowski to raise the 12th man flag he hit the game winner of the <laughs> wild card game in 2019 that's when he's coming back <laughs> there so I, I missed the bit because I was conferring with Wes about something on the podcast then my apologies that's my fault. Get it was, it was a very some, solid bit it yeah was, you probably yeah. deserve some pop there but it was I missed a sea, it it's sort of a Seahawks I, pregame I bit I like you to be tuned out it's good I liked it <laughs> I distracted him with my handwriting and you know but it was probably good there is news uh, that Wes reminded me of that 
Eric Kendricks of the Vikings signed a five-year, $50 million extension with the team in West. I'll get right to you on this because you reminded me of it. What's the deal with Eric Kendricks? You like that? <laughs> well, he's the first Vikings defender since Rip Hawkins in 1961 to 1964 to lead the team in total tackles in each of his first three seasons. He's the beating heart of that front seven, which is one of the best in the NFL. And for all of this idea that the Vikings wouldn't be able to pay their nucleus players after paying Kirk Cousins, they're off to a pretty good start there. They have the, they already have Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes, Everson Griffin, Linval Joseph locked up. All these guys are all pros and pro bowlers. Anthony Barr and Daniil Hunter are next on the list. They'll have to pay Stephon Diggs too, but... I think it points to how well Rick Spielman has drafted, mm. especially on defense. Wouldn't surprise me if Barr is near the top of our free agent rankings a year from now. I, mm. I, I would have been surprised you know, three years ago that Kendricks would have been such a priority over Barr, but I'm not anymore because he's kind of turned into the, the core key player. And I don't know if they're going to be able to keep Anthony Barr long term. And I don't necessarily believe they, they probably feel like they have to. I think Kendricks to them is, is the bigger difference maker. Finally, Sean Payton is not thrilled. He's not flying. He's not over the moon about this draft class, uh, specifically the quarterbacks, uh, telling Monday morning quarterback that there is no prospect as good as uh, Andrew Luck or Carson Wentz in this draft. And he added this. Uh, I'd feel a little bit uneasy if I were at the top of this draft and I decided I had to have a quarterback. Pay attention, Mark, and myself. Uh, The pressure to get a quarterback is so great in this league. I get that, but we can't create them. I wouldn't be surprised if only one of these guys was left standing in four or five years. Whoa. And if so, I'd guess it would be Sam Darnold. Uh, Your thoughts on that, Mark? Well, I mean, I don't think he's the first person to come out and say there is no... But out of the league, or I guess well, that standing meant maybe a starter. I think you mean that's, that's like hot, a really good stuff. Yeah. I think odds tell you that if you're going to pick five in the first half of the first round, probably two of them are legit three or four years from now. I mean, you'd want it to be more. All I'd say, though, is that even when Carson Wentz, now you're saying none of these, no one is Carson Wentz. When Carson Wentz was in this same exact part of the process, opinions on him were all over the map. And even after Carson Wentz's first season, people weren't convinced about Carson Wentz. And a year ago, you know, it's nice in October when everyone can say, I knew Deshaun Watson was going to blow up and make the Texans offense the most fun thing to watch in the league. But at this time a year ago, there weren't a lot of people hot on Deshaun Watson either. So, you know, let's see. A bit of revisionist history from Sean Payton, putting how Wentz was evaluated on par with Andrew Luck, who was viewed as the most can't-miss prospect since Elway or Peyton Although, Manning. Whereas Wentz, a lot of people did believe in him, but he had a lot of doubters too. Maybe, maybe just maybe it's he's being honest. Make, because it's surprising to hear just because you would think he'd be in the market for a quarterback, especially considering it's a great sliding doors moment for the NFL. Like they were going to take Patrick Mahomes like that had been reported. It, a couple of people within the Saints said that they, they were ready to do it. They wind up with Marshawn Lattimore instead. Maybe he doesn't see a guy that he would take you know, that he would have been as excited about as he was with Mahomes. And that makes sense. Well, I think he's also saying if you're if you're up there at number one right, and number three, and there's these teams that, listen, and barring something totally unexpected, you are going quarterback and you're kind of stuck in a position to take one because you've not had one in your fan base unless you're like 48, 49 years old. You don't remember the Jets or Browns or fill-in-the-blank Bills having one of these players. You're pressured into making this move, and that's where you get into trouble with a front office and coaching staff. And by the way, if you are asking, because I, for a second, 
passed my mind as well, which was, what does Sean Payton know about, you know, developing a quarterback from scratch and all that? He had Drew Brees fall into his lap, and they've been flying ever since. He was the Dallas Cowboys quarterbacks coach and assistant coach back in 2003 through 2005, which is right when Tony Romo came in. He, Cowboys would not have had Tony Romo if it were not for Sean Payton. Was he connected to the Quincy Carter, Chad Hutchinson era in Dallas? Uh, he started he in 2003, so you can uh, do the but numbers no, he's, there. I'm he, not sure. they went, they both, he and Romo went to the same school, and he, he lobbied hard for Tony Romo and is the huge reason that the Cowboys went with him. He was also the University of Illinois quarterbacks coach for a single season in 1996. Did a, did a great job with Kerry Collins in New York. I think that was what really helped. Oh, yeah, get that's him right. National notice. He was the quarterbacks coach for the Giants in 99. Oh, yeah. Then promoted Greg to offensive coordinator. Lake Collins. Hey, wasn't John Fox the, the D coordinator on that team? He sure was, Wes. I believe he was. Good staff. Nice staff. And when you're right taking at the top of the chain, who was it, Mark? Jim Fossil is in. Oh, for the Giants. Oh, please. WFAN nonstop chatter on Jim Fossil back in the days. His son, a talented special teams yes, coordinator. Yes, all right. right. We can let's, John Fossil. Let's Bones. move on now. Bones. Wait, John Fossil's the AVC 2020 correspondent. What's his name? Is it John Fossil? The uh, who's Jim Fossil's son? <laughs> Jim Fossil's son. Yeah, Bones. Oh, Bo- Bones is Jim. Yeah, Bones is his son. Yeah, the Rams special, the best special team coordinator. Wait, what was the Giants' On the next episode, we'll have our next edition <laughs> of you know tales from the 2001 Giants Wikipedia page. John Fossil was the Giants' coach. You're thinking of Stossel, and then went to the, the U- news guy, and then went to the UFL. Right, yeah. Jim Fossil is John Fossil's son. Is that right? You're, I think it's the other way around. Dan briefly name-dropped John Stossel, the newsman. <laughs> <laughs> that guy wasn't afraid to get the heavy news. And he Fossil wormhole. No. Mustache. And Mark Sanchez got suspended four games. That is not good Ouch. for free agency stock. That's what's happening in the news. All right. Just kind of rolling over Sanchez. Do, you, do we have anything news, to say? I don't that was know. a news bomb. Third-string quarterback last year. Is he even in the league He's this year? He's a free agent, and that is not know. going to help mm. – him get a just, gig. Just one of many, you know, members from that Jets team to eventually end in ruin. <laughs> ruin. ruin. <laughs> are you talking about Rex Ryan, Mark's best friend? No, I don't know. I was, These guys are all making throwing money. A shot they, at the they have made a lot of money and they will continue to make a lot of Can money. Can we uh, call Rex right now? Talk about Mark Sanchez. We discussed this. We'll do it at a time that fits. Uh, not, we don't cold call. Uh, Mark Sanchez is in the news. We can call Mark Sanchez. Uh, he had a tattoo of Mark. He did have a tan- tattoo oh, of Mark man. Sanchez. Oh, not happening. Let's call him. Let's call him. Let's call Would him. be unprofessional, not happening. Okay. And now a word from our sponsor. Spending too much time at the office, on the couch, or sitting in the car, you begin to confuse what you do with who you are. That's why you need Spartan. Spartan is an obstacle course racing company with races for every athletic ability and skill level. It's all about Spartan, and it's not just a race. It's a way of life with over 60 races all around the country, starting with 3-plus miles, 20-plus obstacle sprint, all the way to the 14-plus mile, 30-plus obstacle beast. Any racer can find what's right for them as long as you leave your excuses behind. You work hard. You push yourself through the weekday grind with grit, discipline, and determination. Bring that same determination to a Spartan race near you. Let it propel you through hills, climbs, and carries. Will it be easy? No. Will it be worth it? 
You're damn right it will be. Sign up for the best weekend meeting of your life and race alongside fellow Spartans like Randy Moss, the NFL player, presumably. Excuses don't live here. Find your Spartan race today. Visit Spartan.com backslash around for an exclusive offer to find a race near you and view training and nutrition tips. Spartan, baby. Up next, it is the uh, continuation of our draft quarterback series. Oh, yeah, guys, we need to talk about Baker Mayfield, the Oklahoma star, three-year star, a starter for Oklahoma, won, won a whole mess of games, won the Heisman Trophy last year. Also, a little bit of heat, Chris Wessling, a little controversy. I know you bounced around at some universities uh, throughout your younger years. I'm matriculated in several, several different places. Um, and you probably got yourself in a little bit of trouble here and there, I would say. Maybe Mayfield-type trouble. Maybe a little incident at a food truck. I never beamed anyone in the head on purpose. Right. Uh, maybe made a obscene gesture at some point. I'm not big on obscene gestures. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another man not big on obscene gestures because he's a southern gentleman of the highest order. His name is Chase Goodbread. He writes, he's our lead writer. I don't even know if that's the title, but I'm going to call him the lead writer for our college football 24-7 coverage on NFL.com. Carbs, what's up, buddy? Welcome back to the Around the NFL podcast. Glad to be back in here after uh, that that debut around the Combine. Good to be in. Yeah, you were (laughs) a breakout star at the Combine, and uh, I did, uh, I might be springing this on you, but at the end of this conversation, because I did tease it at the Combine, I'm going to need your top five drive-by truckers songs. Let's save that for the end, and I hope you have it on the top of your head, Chase. It's a little pressure for Easily you. Easily done. All right, very good. <laughs> um, all right. Ultra confidence. So I reach out to Chase because Chase, uh, you know, he's a dude. He killed it last time he was on the show. And I said, we have uh, XYZ prospects to talk about. And which one jumps out to you or that, the one that you would like to talk about the most? And you did not hesitate, Chase. You said, give me Baker Mayfield. Tell me why Mayfield's the guy that you wanted to talk about on our show. You know, he's so intriguing uh, with his skill set, with his personality. He, he's kind of an outlier among the other quarterbacks in the draft in those ways. So he, he's uh, he's going to be a fun watch no matter how things play out for him. And it's such a quarterback-rich draft, and it's looking like there's so much interest at the top quarterback with the Jets moving up the way they did. The Bills have already moved up once. Who knows if they'll try to move up again. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time and and uh, Mayfield's I kind of think Mayfield's gonna break out and be the guy that I mean I guess you could say Jared Goff is already kind of that guy because he played in a kind of a cousin of the air raid you know this air raid college offense has gotten this horrible reputation as an offense that just does not translate at all in the NFL and. Jared Goff being so strong as he was in year two coming out of that Cal offense, which was a a cousin of the air raid. They called it the bear raid, of course, at Cal. Uh, Mayfield played in an air raid cousin, too, at Oklahoma. And uh, I think he's going to do just fine at the next level. So if Goff was the first, then then I think Mayfield will be the second. If he was an inch and a half taller, would he be the no-brainer number one pick? I don't know if he'd be a no-brainer uh, because, you know, there, there's there's so much talent with Darnold and some of these other guys involved. I don't know if, I don't know that no-brainer is a, is a label that I would put on it, but he would definitely uh, – he would, he would definitely grade better, I think, 
Uh, it's a, the height's a concern. It has to be. There's only a couple of quarterbacks that short in the NFL, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and, and that's pretty much it. So, so that's definitely something that he's going to have to get past. And uh, landing with the right team will be a big part of that for him. I mean, I know you, you find him to be the most fascinating quarterback of the group. If you are a GM sitting at, you know, you got your first pick of quarterbacks, where does he fall in this group? Is he your number one guy? And why can I not imagine you answering every one of these questions with like a tumbler of bourbon in your hand? <laughs> it just feels that way with you, Chase. Uh, well... Yeah, I think he probably would be. Chase's like, well, yeah, like, well, yes, I am drunk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now I continue my statements. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing how Lamar Jackson pans out, too. We talked about that last time. I, I think Jackson's uh, an, an electric player and a, a kind of a wild card in this whole thing, too. And it's, if you go back and look at past drafts, you can see it, it, it all over the place, you know, that, that it doesn't fall the way it's drafted in terms of who's going to shake out the best. I mean, you know, look at Derek Carr, for instance. I think he was the fourth quarterback picked in his draft, and he's turned out great for the Raiders. It's just you, you just never know. It takes more than a year. It takes a couple of three years. But, you know, Mayfield's going to be fun, and, and you know, his uh, he, he's got that big chip on his shoulder too, which I know is, is, is going to be – uh, something he'll probably have to rein back a little bit. You know, I, I don't know if y'all saw a couple weeks ago, it was reported that he actually keeps a list of media members that he feels like have been overly critical of him. <laughs> this guy's uh, great. So that's, that's probably an edge. He'll have to smooth over a little bit. But Don't you want an uh, NFL quarterback with an edge? Don't you want an NFL quarterback with an edge? I mean, I know some of the stuff he's done. It, to me, it sounds like what NFL teams would want out of their quarterback. That – insane competitive level i think it's good to have that motivational edge i think it's good to have a chip on your shoulder but i also think that if, if your rabbit ears are too tall for criticism that can be a bad thing okay uh especially if you land in a in a huge market like new york you know let's let's say the jets end up with with baker mayfield and he has a rough go his his, his first couple of years as a starter uh, the media, he better have some extra blank pages in the back of that notebook where he's keeping uh, track of all this. Yeah, right? that's like my question with it is you're keeping this list. Is it guys to shun? Is it guys to seek out to do interviews with? Are, are you looking to assassinate these reporters? Like what is a hit list? Is it a hit list? What is it exactly? I don't even understand it. Yeah, I, I, well, I think only Baker's seen it more, more than likely. But, uh, <laughs> you know, who, who, who knows? Uh, it's, it's probably just something he's – Kind of keep him to himself, and uh, maybe at, at opportune times throughout his career. <laughs> Are you on it? Uh, Are you somebody? Do you think you're on a car? Who knows? You know, I, I did a long form <laughs> on him uh, in the fall. Uh, I don't think I was overly critical. I thought it was pretty fair, uh, but 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 who knows? Maybe I'll maybe I'll find out one day. I, don't you think the perception of the spread or air raid quarterbacks and even his size has changed? over the last few years to the point that we are talking about Baker Mayfield as a top 10 pick? Cause it doesn't seem like it's really hurting his stock. Whereas maybe if he was coming out, you know, when Russell Wilson was coming out or a few years back that maybe teams would look at him differently. Cause it doesn't seem like there's a ton of doubt. PFF had a great note that, you know, they keep track of something they call basically NFL throws and, and even though he has all those easy throws in that offense, they thought he had the eighth 
most NFL throws in terms of attempts of any quarterback in the country last year, and they rated him as the most effective quarterback in the country on those types of throws. I would think at this point, they teams should be looking at what he did and think, wait, that translates to the NFL. That looks a lot like what the Eagles uh, did in the playoffs throughout. The fact that he can handle the ball well, the fact that he's clearly good at play action, uh, that he's versatile, that he can be in the shotgun. It's like that is NFL football now, or at least it's a lot closer to it, don't you think? Yeah, the NFL has definitely trended more toward uh, catering to the spread, this college spread offense, doing things that these college quarterbacks are more comfortable with. You definitely see that. Uh, but the air raid's been a little bit of an outlier for that, and it's it's you know the history of Mike Leach at Washington State is basically the active godfather of the air raid, and Lincoln Riley, who's the head coach at Oklahoma, kind of learned at the foot of Mike Leach, and when he left Leach and Texas Tech went on did his own thing, he took the head job at East Carolina. He tweaked it, he changed it. He kind of he, he created something a little bit different. So what you have at Oklahoma isn't exactly the pure air raid. And one of the things that makes it different is that, is that Baker Mayfield had a lot of control at the line of scrimmage at Oklahoma, whereas in a lot of air raids, the quarterback is really just looking over to the sideline and, and, and getting all his cues. Uh, Mayfield had uh, more audible authority and um, just – ran things, you know, changing protections and all that kind of stuff, that'll help him at the next level a lot. He, to me, is the, the like, effort. let's just go for it, guy to take in this draft. Uh, I'm thinking about the Jets with a three-pick uh, because it could go terribly wrong. It could go as wrong, potentially, as Manziel went in Cleveland, although it's maybe unfair to say that they're the same type of guy because it's not the same issues that we know of, but that it could be this guy that's all all style and no actual substance. But there's a lot of differences in their game as well. Like this, any talk about Manziel and Mayfield has been about some of the off the field stuff and the swagger type stuff. Like these are very different uh, football players, right, Chase? They are. And, and I kind of dealt with that a little bit in the feature story. You know, it's, People want to lump Mayfield and Manziel into the same category because they have, you know, they had they were so brash at the college level. They they've had a, you know, an incident or two off the field, et cetera, and and their playing style was a little on the reckless side for sure. So there are a lot of superficial similarities, I guess you could say, similarities on the surface, uh, but when you dig a little deeper. Um, there are some big differences. Mayfield, for instance, I, I think uh, at least scouts have told me had far better footwork than Manziel, uh, did a better job of seeing the field than Manziel. And, uh, you know, he he didn't exactly have uh, Mike Evans where he could just toss lobs like Manziel did and get tons of production uh, uh, from a guy that was just bigger and stronger and taller than everybody else to catch the ball like Evans was. Hmm. Seems uh, like seems like if there's a concern for him, like he relies a lot on his athleticism. But but he reminded me a little bit of like he's not Ty, he's not quite Tyrod Taylor. Like he's very careful. He doesn't turn the ball over too much. But he waits until someone's open. And that would be my concern with him is that like if you're relying on your athleticism at the next level, he's not quite Tyrod Taylor athletically. No one is quite Russell Wilson. 
uh, in terms of their ability to make plays after scrambles. And if he's overly relying at that at the next level, like that, that's a bit of a concern. I know he's very accurate and everything, but he seemed he seemed like he was a guy who sometimes would be waiting a little too long for the play to develop. Yeah, Manziel kind of wanted a touchdown on every snap, and and, and even though Mayfield's got a, the instinct to extend the play and, and and always try to make something out of nothing, I I, I think Mayfield definitely has a little bit more of a sense of field position, scoreboard situation, you know, will a field goal do here? You know, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, all that plays into it, but, but uh, it's, and, and, you know, be fun to see him in Miami. Right. And, and I think a couple of the mock drafts on NFL media have have got, uh, have got a mock to, to the Dolphins. So, uh, that'll be and and that could end up working out if if the Darnolds and the Rosens and those guys go first. Where interesting players go to disappear, Miami. <laughs> uh, Chase, before we let you go and before we get into our top five drive-by truckers songs, uh, I want to touch on that long form that you put out last week on uh, Dubuque cornerback uh, Michael Joseph, who, who's one of the the best stories of the draft. You want to just give people a little uh, heads up what the story's about, and then we could send them in your direction. Yeah, absolutely. Michael Joseph is is not a name you'll hear about on the on the first day or probably the second day either. He'll be a, a third day pick, maybe a late pick. He's from the University of Dubuque, which is a walk on program in Iowa. It's a Division three program. He was 130 pounds in high school, five foot eight, and was comp- totally unrecruited. Nobody wanted him, and he managed to. Uh, kind of halfway sneak his way onto the roster at Dubuque. And from there, the story is kind of Disney-like. He put on, you know, 10 pounds a year. He he wasn't even part of the team, actually, his first year on campus. Had to work out on his own and, you know, kept getting a little bigger and kept getting a little stronger and a little taller. And it took a whole lot of work and, and there was a lot of adversity involved. But on the other side of it, he comes out. Uh, the best he got an award as the best small school defensive back in the country uh, he's now 6'1 185 roughly had a pro day at Iowa State where he ran uh, in the low four fives and uh, you know to, to go from where he was to where he is is pretty remarkable I love the um, I read this this morning and, and you uh, talk about how Michael Joseph had to on his own put together a highlight reel of his what, I think it was 16 plays he played on the high school team, and the first play was an incompletion where he nearly was burnt for a touchdown, and his friend was like, this video needs some work. That sounds like my high school <laughs> highlight tape, by the way. So we got to think- Yeah, something else. He, he actually, he, uh, it, when he finished the first cut of his highlight video that he was going to try to get himself recruited with, it was less than three minutes long, and he thought that was too short. So he went back and added all the – opposing quarterbacks pre-snap cadences to lengthen the <laughs> to stretch it out. It out to three <laughs> minutes and 20 seconds. And then you met his friend mentioned that he's like, every play is in garbage time. There's a, you, a lot of work <laughs> needs to be done on this sizzle reel, Michael Joseph. <laughs> it was all he had, but uh, I guess it was enough. Uh, did they give you a vanity URL on this, Chase, for people to go check it out? NFL.com slash Michael Joseph. Beautiful. So check that out. And last but not least, this is what everybody's been waiting for. The And if you don't know Drive-By Truckers, uh, tell me if this is a good way to introduce them to the audience. They're, they're from Athens, Georgia. 
Been around about 20 years now. Great, like, kind of southern rock, guitar guitar rock type band. All uh, country. All country. Well, like a great bar band almost that, that went uh, went big. Uh, is that fair? Only one slight correction. Okay. <laughs> uh, they're, they're actually from Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Oh, my goodness. That's a big correction. I apologize. A- that's all right. Athens is where they um, kind of pulled themselves together as a band, but the – the roots are definitely in Muscle Shoals, which is steeped in music history, as I'm sure you all know. Of course. Yeah. I'm writing a long form on that right now. <laughs> There's a great. There used to be a great documentary on Netflix about the Muscle Shoals music scene. Really? It's, yeah, it's used to. They canceled it. Out there. You, you wouldn't believe the list of people that, that recorded there. All right. Here we go. It's time for the top five. Do it. Let's start with five and go to one. Uh, all right, five to one, uh, Ghost to Most. Ghost to uh, Most, number Cooley five. Song. Uh, Cotton Seed at four, also Mike Cooley. Heathens, uh, Patterson Hood song that I like a whole bunch. Got a, some really good slide guitar from Jason Isbell in that one, who's no longer with the band. What number uh, are we at? Band, That's number three? Uh, Heathens at yeah, three. number three, Heathens. Uh, Sands of Iwo Jima oh, comes in. Oh, wow. That hit number two. <laughs> oh yeah, Greg's yeah, writing so this all down. Too, and, and then the number one. Wait, wait. Let really me get. Let's build this up. A little timpani, please. The Quick n- drum roll. The number uh, one. Be Zip City. Uh, <laughs> no question about it. That is uh, Zip, to me. Zip City is 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 the drive-by truckers' stairway to heaven. So really, Zip City, and I would play a portion of it right now if the shadowy league figures weren't so afraid of their own shadows. Unfortunately. Wow. So instead, you'll just have to look it up. Zip City off uh, Southern Rock Opera. There you go. Five essential drive-by trucker songs from Chase Goodbread. Again, check them out uh, on Twitter, at Chase Goodbread. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And check out his new long form on Michael Joseph. And thank you very much uh, for giving us a little Baker Mayfield insight, Chase. Good to hear from you, Carbs. All right. Enjoy it, guys. All right. There he goes. Carbs off into that good night. Oh, I meant to ask him because it was there was an irony to the last time we saw him at the combine. A man that some people call carbs had cut out carbs. He was well, on a, denying himself himself, right? Which was well, that's a tough thing to do. You would think? Mm. Uh, is he, yeah, is he still doing time. that? We'll that would be a long stretch. Him. That was a long time ago. His bod would be pretty tight if he was still doing Very it tight. next time he's on the show. Uh, a reminder. Uh, on Friday. Some self-hating stuff right there. Can't even have cards. <laughs> a reminder, uh, next Friday, or this Friday, the return of You're the GM. Uh, and uh, get ready for that. And um, that's it. Anybody else have anything to say about uh, today in the NFL? I got no Dukes. Nice sweater, bro. It's making its debut on the podcast. See that. I noticed it. Well, it's a little, you know, sneaky cool today in L.A. A little bit, a little bit of a breeze. He says as there's 23 inches of snow in Green Bay. (laughs) (laughs) Stan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and Miss Moneybags, Lindsay Fulton behind the glass. Till Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 